You're listening to Blind Entrepreneurship, an interview series podcast that highlights the stories of the top business professionals around the world. In each episode, we explore how entrepreneurs overcame blindness in business in order to execute their vision. By Penji. I am your host, Jonathan Grzbowski, and today we have Jason Bannon on the show, or better known as JB. I've been calling him that, and a lot of other people call him that. So JB. JB is the vice president of um, JB is the vice president marketing and communications at Ben Franklin Technology Partners. He is a champion, curator, and scholar for brand characteristics. This podcast is brought to you by Penji. I am your host, Jonathan Grzbowski, and today we have Jason Bannon on the show, or better known as JB. JB is the Vice President Marketing Communications at Ben Franklin Technology Partners. He is a champion, curator, and scholar of brand characteristics and consumer perceptions in building innovative digital and integrated marketing programs and consumer products. He's also a hands-on thought leader and team builder for global client and agency teams focused on both brand equity and revenue growth. Amongst all of those really long and businessy type of words, JB is probably one of the most down-to-earth professionals that I've come in contact with. I've, I've known JB off and on, I guess not necessarily personally, but seen him and interacted with him and befriended him for, for years Um, just because he's in the same circles as I am in the entrepreneurship community throughout the Philadelphia region. Um, It was an absolute honor having on the show because he's always been that character that I've wanted on the show. So it was really cool to be able to finally have him. Some of the highlights of this episode for me are when we talk about fashion. I still to this day believe that he's always one of the most and best dressed at any networking event or uh, social gathering. Um, also, we talk about how the, his fashion relates to business. It's all about being different. We talk a, little, a lot, and we go to pretty great depth into talking about community building. Um, and, and I think that's the true topic in conversation uh, that we have. It's about community building. We theorize a bit, go down a few rabbit holes. This episode should be replayed, in my opinion. It should be replayed in every entrepreneurship or business 101 course in college. I would even go as far as saying high school. Um, I think JB puts on a clinic and teaches the foundation of why we should be in business and how to do it right. Check it out. Today's episode is sponsored by Penji. Are you in charge of marketing for your business and need graphic design support? Let Penji design anything you need for your business, from a logo to your marketing materials, sales sheets, social media content, and so much more. Penji helps you achieve more with unlimited graphic design support, daily output, and a dedicated project manager, all at one flat monthly rate. We have an exclusive offer to the Blind Entrepreneur community. Head over to Penji.co and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month. Again, that's Penji.co. P-E-N-J-I dot C-O and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month of Penji. And now, let's get to today's episode. JB, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's an honor. It's a, a long time coming. You're, you've been a guest that I've wanted to have on <laughs> for some time now. Um, so I'm glad that we were finally able to do it. Yeah, same, same. I, I love this. 
So one of the first things that I always ask questions are, uh, is it true type of questions? And mm -hmm. my is it true question for you is, is it true that you are constantly the best dressed man in the room? <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'd put myself that far up. There is, I have the privilege of being in a lot of rooms with a lot of well-dressed men. Um, I, I Look, I try to be, if I can't be best, I try to be at least memorable. So I will go with that. Memorable you are that for that, my friend. <laughs> I, I mean, we're going to go down a very brief rabbit hole, but I'm just curious, like, you know, what, like, what is the inspiration behind and the mentality? Were you always a, a well-dressed man or is this something that's relatively new for you? Well, I always wanted to be something that was a little bit different. Like I wanted to be remembered, but you know, in my earlier days, I wanted to be a standout rebel for different reasons. And maybe that continues uh, a little bit in what I do on a daily basis. But I think, uh, yeah, I, I, what I realize is that it's, um, I am naturally an introvert. And if I can get ahead of that and signal to others that um, there are ways that people can approach me in a way that I'm not expecting and I feel comfortable with, I can engage conversation a little bit better. I mean, it, it, it makes people laugh when I tell them that I lead communications for an organization, but I am an introvert. But it's true. Uh, it's, uh, there's a lot of us in marketing that are, are such. Um, so, uh, that doesn't mean we don't appreciate the skill and the craft and the intricacies of how people need to be engaged. So that's for me is what it's about. It's a signal that you can approach me and you should. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a really good take. I mean, for those of you, um, who, who don't follow JB as much as I do and don't see him as much as I do. Um, but I, I believe you were a romper not that long ago, a man romper. <laughs> Yes, I did wear a romper. Um, and uh, and in, even just in doing that, I mean, that's a cool thing to know that there is as much, as silly as a romper is, there's as much uh, social dialogue around what that means for men versus women and why that, that, look, it's a charged conversation going in. So if I can be, if I can wear a green romper with yellow bananas all over it, that gives me... <laughs> That it gives me not less than two or three different conversations I can jump into with people. Absolutely. Um, and, and honestly, I, I'm, I'm typically willing to be a little bit sillier than most in the room. And if that can take the heat out of any, uh, if that can take the heat out of engaging a new audience, then that's good by me. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that's something that I've always admired about, about you and your approach to life. And, and I'm sure people are going to be listening and admire you just the same, just by your, your answers to these questions. But I want to start by diving deeper into that mindset of community. And, yeah. you know, you, you dress in, in a way that is inviting, but I also believe that more businesses should be inviting. What, what are some approaches that you've seen um, from a community standpoint, whether it's the organization that you work for or whether it's the organizations that you've seen, a, a good sense of how to build a, a community. Well, there is, uh, I won't say it's always been like this in this community, in, in the Philadelphia region uh, technology community, in the entrepreneurship community, or even in the business finance community, whatever. Um, it's not always been as open it's not always been, the dialogue has been a little bit more buttoned up, but I think 
I'm seeing a lot of fundamental organizations that are doing good work to encourage the community dialogue. I mean, just to engage, just to talk. It means a lot to say that I will open my doors to my office and invite dialogue. Just host it. Just show that you are aware. If that is, I mean, it's a thing that, um, it's a thing that I see more organizations doing a better job of, and I think we can only continue that because uh, that's the way we figure out with whatever organization we're working with, that's the best way to figure out how we can serve our local constituents, our regional constituents, and then our local and regional constituents being we're one of the top 10 markets in the country. It's a pretty good representation of what folks around the world may be looking for. So just encouraging the local dialogue is good. Um, I see folks like uh, what the Science Center is doing with Venture Cafe is huge. It's a big leap to say that we are going to devote that many hours a week just purely for connecting people. Um, but I also see you know, things like, like the uh, PHL Innovation Picnic that we've had down here in the Navy Yard a couple of weeks ago. You've got a lot of organizations putting in a lot of time just to make sure that people are connecting in, in a joyful way. It doesn't have to be uh, the cutting, hard, pure, ROI-driven uh, ROI uh, conversation all the time, um, because ultimately the ROI, the longest ROI, comes in your ability to build a relationship. Mm -hmm. And if you can build meaningful relationships today, put equity into those, put relationship equity into those, I should say, uh, you, you never know when that's going to pay off. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I would like to hear maybe some ideas or examples that you've come across that have worked well when it comes to, uh, or examples that have come to the, the aspect of building community, because I think a lot of people want to build a community. A lot of people think, a lot of people know that they need to build a community in order for their business to grow, but the hardest thing to do is actually do it. Um, well, there's one example that's coming up, uh, 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 an individual that I've had the pleasure of sitting with and talking with a bunch of times. Uh, her name is Shelly Bell, and she leads an organization called Black Girl Ventures. Um, Black Girl Ventures has this crazy cool pitch competition idea where entrepreneurs are pitching. Or it's not an idea. It's been running for a couple of years now. Um, entrepreneurs... Uh, Folks are invited to take part and, uh, and hear pitches. Um, but the admission cost of the event goes into the pool for the pitch competition. So anybody, and you pay what you will in, at, the, at the gate, and you go in to hear and learn how different people are pitching different things, but then the community does vote, those in the audience vote on who wins the pot at the end of the night. Um, so you have people that are personally investing in the door to hear what's happening. Um, yes. but, but ultimately, it's about, it, the whole event is about giving people an audience, an opportunity to present, and giving some meaningful transaction, whether it be transaction information, or if in some small way, uh, the dollars in the door um, to, to go in and out. It's it's a cool twist on connecting and convening different people. Uh, and it's certainly a twist. It's certainly a, a change on the, you know, uh, the idea of a pitch night, which so many of us in the entrepreneurial community see and think have, sometimes they have great value, mm -hmm. but a lot of times it's, you know, it's a, whenever there's a, a, a well-tested format, it does get a little bit over-tested and to the point where it's maybe not 
maybe not as engaging as it could be, but this one's a cool one. Yeah, that is a great one. Um, and, and I think the, the essence there is it's not selfish. That's right. It's extremely just about the people. That is right. If you can go in knowing that you will, if at minimum, you can guarantee that you will be entertained and you will learn something, it will be a worthwhile expenditure of time. And if you can do that amidst an audience of people that are that are unified and have some connection into the mission you're talking about, I mean, Shelley's organization is as clearly named as it could be, Black Girl Ventures. It, it's about uh, having women of color uh, be promoted in entrepreneurship. It's about celebrating that story. So. Everybody in the room is supportive of that idea. There's an assumption going in. So it's a good opportunity to connect with folks without having to go through the whole spiel of this is why I'm here, this is why I care, and all of that. Because everybody cares about a lot of the same things. And if you can expedite in, if you can jump the story ahead into what we can do together to care that and, and make progress, that's good. Yeah, and, and I also think that's a really good way to, to brand position yourself. Obviously, the name is always going to be something that's going to give you that that edge, uh, something as clear as Black Girl Ventures and what it does, but also in the standpoint of Benjamin, Ben Franklin uh, Technology Partners um, and, what, and what you guys do. So can you tell us a little bit more about your role? Um, I mean, I know that we hinted it briefly in the yeah. intro and the bio, but just a little bit more about like what overall you guys do for the surrounding region of Pennsylvania. No, I, I have uh, the privilege every day of uh, communicating the story for the most active seed uh, investment organization in the Philadelphia region. Um, we invest in a broad definition of technology-focused companies, whether it be uh, IT, healthcare, life sciences, uh, manufacturing-based technologies, too. Um, we invest with the purpose of growing the community, of growing the community of entrepreneurship and innovation. So that community plants roots here and grows here. Um, we're a nonprofit. It's a funny thing for us, a lot of folks forget that when we talk about how proud we are of the, the size of our portfolio, when you know, we've invested more than $200 million in more than uh, 2,000 companies since our start. Um, but we and a, to great returns with the community, some standout stories that have been some great Ben Franklin investments, including, you know, most recently, we're uh, uh, folks like Instamed have gotten a lot of press and a lot of attention for uh, uh, what seems to be a, a good exit, um, and the company staying here in the region. That's awesome, and we were happy to support Bill Marvin's company back in 2004 and 2005. Every entrepreneur in the region starts that way, and every company starts from one small, modest level. And we want to help those companies that are starting small, give them reason to remind them to stay here in Philadelphia and build their company here, because there's plenty of great opportunity to grow, and there's great resources to connect to. Bill's a perfect example of a, uh, Instamed's a perfect example of a company that grew that way and believed in Philadelphia, and still does. Now, let's take it to a global audience and say something along the lines of uh, not just Philadelphia, but just believing yeah. in the community that you believe that, that you are surrounded by, whether that's physical, whether that's um, community driven online. How important is that belief in, in community in order to eventually grow the startup? Because uh, I'll tell you a, a brief just like side story. 
to me, and this is my opinion, the, the essence of growth inside your company is your ability to, to, to dedicate time and attention towards the audience that you're trying to speak to. And whether that's your Philadelphia audience, again, local, it could be like your small local mom and pop in like Pittman, New Jersey, a very small city. Um, or it could be a global audience, which is like a, an online Slack community, whatever it is. You know, how, how important is that to, to the growth that you've seen from people like Instamed and all the other portfolio item, uh, companies that you've worked with? Oh, it's critical. It's critical. I mean, uh, and we, we focus, you know, Ben Franklin, we focus on growing companies here in the region, but the expectation is that they are growing technologies and businesses that will have global impact. I mean, it's a funny thing. We were part of a report a few years ago um, that specked out that I think it was 20% of the revenue based on our technology focused companies is coming from, uh, audiences beyond the United States. Mm -hmm. um, so that says it very clearly that there is a global market for the technology we're developing, which means, if you, if you ask me, that means that people around the world don't believe that they have the perfect solution in their backyard to get everything done. Mm -hmm. We cannot limit, we cannot limit our, our sense of community to just those that are immediately within two, five, 10, or even 35 miles around us. The communities we develop, um, the beautiful thing about the era of technology that we live in is that what looks like a community now, I mean, we can pluck communities from around the world. I have folks that I talk to, I have the privilege of talking to uh, in other markets around the world when I have marketing questions, when I have communications questions, and it's because Different perspectives educate what we can do here, what problems we can solve here. We always have to keep those perspectives open. We certainly have local clientele we have to serve, um, and that's what we care about, but that doesn't mean we can't take input and we can't take guidance and we can't take learnings from around the world. We have to. How do you know a problem's too big or too small? And then you feel as if you have to go into it and actually invest the time in order to solve it. Ooh, how do I know a problem is too big or too small? Uh, that, well, I mean, uh, understanding the problem is always the trick of anything. We have to spend time doing, doing the due diligence on what the right course of action will be. Um, it's, uh, I have, it's a funny thing, the organization I work in, we have the privilege, uh, we, have, uh, we have a discipline built of really helping entrepreneurs understand their growth problem, understand why they, everybody believes that capital is all they need to solve a problem quickly, right? Mm -hmm. But when you do further due diligence and further investigation, you understand that capital is a component of it, but you learn other things that can be refined and fixed and, and mm -hmm. uh, can be made simpler to get to your path of success. I mean, I have to, I. I, I try not to rush into solutions ahead of understanding the problem first. There are some times where, you know, Jonathan, I will tell you in the community, you've probably seen me rush into stupid solutions ahead of what I could possibly yield. But I try, I try as best as I can to really understand the perspective of the audience I'm trying to reach, understand what is their problem and understand how I can possibly solve it. And as many times, I, I do understand that sometimes the problems, if not are too big for me, perhaps that I am not the best 
suited person to solve their problem. Then there, it's my responsibility to understand and give a reference to somebody who can help. Um, few companies, it, it, one of the interesting things about Ben Franklin is whenever there's a new technology idea developed, few companies we work with are companies we won't ever want to talk to again. Mm -hmm. it's, not a not, it's not a not ever that we give. It's a not yet or are, or it's usually a not yet, or it's a yes, please go ahead. Usually the not yet needs to be followed with, the not yet always needs to be followed with a because this, and we encourage companies that we work with to pursue a route to resolve what for us feels like something not right. And it can, largely can be a communications matter with that too. Um, but I like, uh, it, if I'm going to be a community builder, I can't, I, I don't like leaving an open thread and just saying, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. I like another option because that's the point where I, as a community builder versus the role I serve at Ben Franklin versus the role the organization serves, there's different expectations of both. You need to service the individual, you need to service the role, and you need to service the organization. Yeah, always in professional capacities, but in a lot of ways that holds true in personal life too. I mean, I know yeah. that I have a set of clients that I talk to all day long for work while in parallel, I have a set of clients that I work with all day long in my life. That's my family. That's my wife, my children. I just started talking to you about a new puppy. That's a new client relationship. I'm trying <laughs> In a good way, the hardest one I'm sure. taken care of differently, but nonetheless, I can't just roll home to them and say, Nah, I got nothing for you, so you need to go somewhere else for help. I can't do that. Um, the community falls that way, and that goes with my neighbors too, you know. Um, I, I, the help I will hope for from others has to be the help I am willing to deliver today. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, it's beautiful, beautiful answer. And in something that I wanted to hit on that that popped in my head was your, you hinted at it briefly, but the idea behind your decision making process of whether or not that this is something that that's worth it, not even investing money in, um, but even just investing time in. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about your decision making process and more so about like the questions that you ask in order to gather more information to make mm. sure that this is a right fit? And, and here's like a, a quick thing that I that I've always um, I try to train myself in doing. Sometimes it works out a little bit better than others, but just the idea of like extending your hand. And I'll never reach further than where my hand is extended. Um, so whether it's like a good opportunity, I, I'm always going to go 90. I'll, I'll bring my hand out as far as I can, and, but I won't be able to reach it. If it's not in my grasp, I'm not going to reach it. So That's interesting. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit more about like what you do or what you ask or how you jot down your notes, whatever it may be, in order to make a, a quality decision. Well, um, the, let's see when I'm trying, I was given this tip a while ago and I swear to you, it had nothing to do with the organization that I entered into. It has nothing to do with the fact that I work for a company called Ben Franklin technology partners, but, um, Ben Franklin was known a long time ago for really putting, uh, the, uh, an organizational framework for personal due diligence together and making dis in decision making. 
um, between both Ben Franklin and there's a philosopher by the name of uh, Jeremy Bentham, who was crappy in a lot of ways, but he had this whole notion of utilitarian thinking, which was really purposeful, which is literally the matter of building a list of the pros and cons and evaluating the values of each and seeing where you net out. I try to do that on a regular basis. If it's human connections, if it's just starting off with human connections, knowing more people and exploring more relationships is never gonna be bad. So I do that and I try to do that. And I try to converse to learn because there's, there's always a transaction happening. There, and it's not necessarily a transaction of the time I spend with you will equal X dollars down the line. It's an exchange of information. It is an exchange that will always happen. So I try to keep that basic information exchange separate from the decisions that I make. But um, when it comes down to it, I do try to list the pros and cons and give some value to each and understand what, what I can possibly, as much what can this do for me, it is a matter of what I can do for the person I'm engaging with, for the person I am serving, for the person I am working with. Because the last thing I want to do is enter in a one-sided transaction that will reflect poorly of me down the line. Yeah, that's important. If I set up, uh, I mean, within lots of different agency engage engagements, both in my marketing past and certainly uh, within technology sectors too, there's this notion of scope creep. Hmm. Um, scope creep is one of my favorite phrases because if you are promising on what you're delivering, but then revising the promise as you go, everybody has to be clear and per clear and in lockstep on, on that journey. But unless that core goal is met or understood, I, nobody's going to feel satisfied. Nobody's going to feel, or it's, it's hard to feel satisfied. You can revise the process and the plan along the way, but everyone has to be perfectly clear along, those, uh, along that path. Um, but there has to be some satisfaction. There has to be some addressing of the core value proposition. I mean, there's plenty of great companies out there that start with one thing and end up being great and selling another thing. Um, it's, uh, but unless there is that basic transaction, that basic promise with their core audience made, you, that's, that's where brands fail. That's where, well, let me say this. I'm, I'm a full-time brand builder. Uh, Brands are what I love. Brands are nothing more than relationships and people develop a bad relationship with an organization. Um, everyone's always developing a relationship with the companies they work with, the companies they interact with. Brands are relationships and you are always either building or shrinking your brand. It's a matter of fulfilling that core promise all along the way. Hmm. That was a little bit of a rant, but I hope I answered the question. No, you definitely did. Uh, and I think it's incredibly important. A lot of nuggets that, that go into there, um, that went into that, that quick, uh, quote unquote rant. Um, something else that's really important to you is the idea of team building and you having the ability to work with, I'm, I'm going to assume at least hundreds of, of companies at this point in time in your career. Yeah. Um, I, I can see that the, the the importance of team building and, and what we've been able to do so far at, at Penji has been a large part of our team. Um, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about team building from your perspective, you being a very charismatic individual, I'm sure your team is, is very, uh, 
they, they understand and they trust the direction that you inevitably put forth. But I'd like to hear from your perspective, just what is team building and, and, and how important can it be to, to a growth of a company? Well, um, and in full disclosure, in, in full disclosure, excuse me, we're saying this uh, in the presence of my uh, colleague and teammate, Nicole, who is uh, studiously working away in the background and probably regretting the fact that I chose to record on a, a podcast in our office on what would be a quiet and productive Tuesday morning. <laughs> Um, but uh, I think we've built up trust enough to know that uh, I'm hopefully not going to distract her work too bad. Yeah. Um, but the subtle um, cues of her, of you mentioning her name will not stop her work at all. That's right. That's right. Um, um, so it's, uh, but in terms of team building, I mean, for me, it is about, it goes back to that basic client transaction. It's an understanding. Like, if, I, if I'm part of a team, if I'm working with any sort of team structure, that means we are all unified to get something done together, or we are unified to make some sort of progress together. It has to be, we all have to be clear on what the team progress means to us and what the individual progress means to us. Um, there's some, um, it's, it's funny. I, in professional circles, I hear a lot of people refer to this notion of a work family versus a work team, and everybody tries to make their organization behave and operate like a family. Um, I think working teams are something different than that. Um, family is not something you can choose, uh, but a team is something you choose to work in when it comes to a professional circle. And there's more of a there is a more of an expectation of respect that has to be maintained when you're building a team. Mm -hmm. um, anybody that works with me, I, I need to know what they are working for, what they're working toward, and what does success look like for them. And I'm willing to help them find that. Um, I know what I am looking for from my colleagues. I know what I am looking for from vendors that I work with. Uh, I know what I am looking for from community relationships. I know I have a good sense of what I am looking for, but I'm trying to figure out how I can best serve their interests so that so that promise doesn't go hollow. Once we understand that, once everybody can respect where they are and what they expect out of it, what they expect out of an engagement. We can riff a little. We can have a little bit more room in understanding what we can each contribute to get to the team goal. And if that team goal supports our life, supports our individual progress, that's awesome. Um, but in working with a team and working with that kind of a concept, if if team members are not on board with both the group group success and are not clear about what their own success poses to it. Um, or what their own success means as part of it, that's, that's a flaw and that's a promise. And that, that's a promise broken, not just to the individual, not to a team leader and to whatever participant, that's, that's a failing to the whole team. So that's, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not to say that everybody who's a part of a, a large effort needs to have everything solved, needs to have everything perfect. Um, ultimately, when you come down to human relationships, I was just thinking about this on the way in to work today. It's people don't engage in new relationships with the expectation that um, 
I should say, it, let me rephrase that. People, people are trying to look for a new relationship or a new engagement or, or some new dialogue as a means to either bring joy into their life, to alleviate pain or stress in their life, to give themselves more resources to devote to what they care about. That always happens. That is the constant. That is the constant truth. Um, and if, and here's where building a team is important. If you can understand that in different levels, you have different levels of teams that you are building for different projects, different purposes, different initiatives. Um, you shouldn't, a team and community can be interchangeable at times, but um, it gets real when you get into more of a tactical, smaller team structure, uh, small by whatever size that may be. That can yeah. be uh, the three people that run marketing within Ben Franklin, or that can be the 230 companies in our community that are working, that we want to consider them a team that's working toward growing this region. Um, a, or that can be you know, the thousands of other entrepreneurs that uh, we work, look to engage with on a regular basis to understand that technology-based entrepreneurship is a route that can change lives and can change a community. Yeah. There's this idea behind, to me, when I, when I hear you speak and when I hear you answer these questions, I just have this full sense of like giving oneself up to another person's in order to see another person succeed. And there's this level of empathy that you have, this level of understanding um, and listening, I think is incredibly important. Just again, that your thought process in itself and how you construct an answer is just so eloquent and, and beautiful, in my opinion. And so thank you for your honesty. With that said, I, I think it's hard to think that way. And I want to know from your personal perspective, this is more a theory question than anything else. Mm -hmm. um, but do you think that that level of empathy, that level of understanding, is, is that something that is just built within us internally? Or is that something that can be trained over time? I think it can absolutely be trained. I think it has to be trained. I mean, look, I, I can't tell you, I, I can't tell you that I've always been perfect in that regard. That's not something I, I mean, I, I started off mentioning that I'm an introvert, right? Which meant I'm a shy person, which meant I'm typically better at listening than I am in articulating. Mm -hmm. um, you have to do it in, in, in articulating what I present. Um, you have to do it in waves. You have to learn in steps. I, some people are better at presenting what feels like a complete thought that others believe they understand. But when you engage deeper, the, the promise of the conversation can fail. That's mm -hmm. a different end of, uh, that's a different end of the transaction that we have in relationships. Um, Empathy can absolutely be learned. It needs to be learned. It's something we always need to get better at because look, I mean, I, I know what audiences that I speak to with most frequency, but there are a whole nother set of challenges that this unique slice of my world does not necessarily address on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. uh, have to understand those I have to be willing to understand those and I can tell you that I am not equipped to understand yet I'm not yet equipped to understand all the problems of the world um, but that you know that does come back to your scope question though before of 
you know, how do I know it's too big or how do I know it's too small? I have to look at, you know, if, if it's, if it evaluating a challenge, if evaluating a new, uh, if evaluating a new opportunity for building new relationships can benefit those that I am trying to serve, then yeah, I have to pursue it. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't, in a lot of ways, I don't see empathy as something I have. I mean, it's always something I have to learn. It's always something I have to get better at because if I can't, if I can't see what an, another audience wants uh, and how I can satisfy their needs and how I can understand their perspective, I can't be a good marketer unless I do that. I cannot. That's the whole gist of it. Just understand what people need so that you can deliver what they want. Um, it's and then shape what you are delivering based on needs that's the basic thing i think empathy having said that not everybody is perfect at it up front not everybody is great at it up front everyone can absolutely learn it yeah. it is absolutely learnable and it's absolutely teachable and as we as we close this conversation down um i i believe that if, if somebody were to uh, want to get a gist of of what marketing is and how to build a brand i i think if they were to replay this entire conversation you'd have a, a very amazing scope of of how to do it right and so thank you jason jb as your uh, for for all of the information that you've given um, us today i do i would be remiss if i if i didn't ask this question um, and it's about Philadelphia, something that we're very, um, a very special place in both of our hearts uh, yep. about the city. And, and so to the people who our audience, as, as you mentioned, it isn't Philadelphia. It's actually more predominantly uh, other countries and even other states. Um, but to the people who, who have no idea anything about Philadelphia, or maybe to the people who, who are in Philadelphia and then just don't understand the true essence of it. Why do you believe Philadelphia is is the city of, of where startups and businesses should grow? Um, we are a startup culture from the core. We have believed that what is presented to us is not necessarily the perfect way to go. Um, and we, will, we have not ever stopped trying to find a new way to go and a new way to build and a new way to grow. Um, all of the industries, and likewise, the industries that Philadelphia presents um, have presented not just earth-shattering uh, innovation. I mean, how cool is it that you have companies like Spark that are doing great big new things here? Um, amazing things, but it's the incremental growth along the way. It's that constant polishing. It's that constant refinement. What Philadelphia does better than any place in the world, there's a few places in the world that do it similar. I, and I'll say uh, any of my friends that have uh, any of my friends in Japan, you know that I love Tokyo and but I believe Osaka has a great has a great cultural approach to how they do things. They don't take themselves too seriously while they achieve some very serious stuff. Um, and I think that's a good approach. I think there's a Philadelphia analog there. I mean, ultimately, we're all trying to make human real progress and bring satisfaction to the people that we care, care about as well as ourselves. That has always remained constant in Philadelphia. So when I hear the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection, I, I see that through and through. Philadelphians believe that this is a beautiful place to be. And this is a beautiful place to serve. And I, I do that, too.
Very awesome. JB, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, if, if anybody wanted to learn a little bit more about you, wanted a little bit more about the organization that you work for, uh, and even some fashion advice, uh, where can people <laughs> find you? And all the links uh, will be in the show notes, by the way. But where can people find more about you? Uh, for my work, check out uh, partnerswithapurpose.org. That's the Ben Franklin website. Um, you can engage, certainly engage me on this, all the social media platforms um, uh, and uh, check me out at jband31. I think that's consistent for me everywhere. Um, but uh, honestly, just reach out, man. I, I, men or women or anybody, I am here. Just uh, I'm interested in having a new conversation every day. You've been listening to Blind Entrepreneurship brought to you by Penji. Our guest this week was Jason Ben, better known as JB. You can find more about Ben Franklin Tech Partners. You can find more about JB in the show notes, but most importantly, benfranklin.org. All right, listeners, I'm sending a worldwide challenge. Take your to-do list and find a way to turn it, the digital format, into a written format over the past couple of days. Um, I'd say even weeks I've been trying something new where I've been writing down my to-do list and checking them off. I used to be a fully digital type of uh, to-doer, to-do lister, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I've been really writing them down recently and it's been just game changing. Just that fact of crossing them out, looking at it on a routine basis, daily, uh, hourly basis, I think has absolutely changed the game for me. So um, feel free to do that if you so choose. And if you have any questions at all, or if you want to be, uh, if you if you want to make a comment on this week's episode, uh, feel free and go head over to tbeshow.com uh, for to listen to more interviews just like this one. Um, I would highly recommend you save this one, download it in some capacity, share it with a friend. It is the only way that we can cure blindness in business. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a great rest of your day.